Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Kylie Camps and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking and cultivating more self-love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioural therapy space and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Welcome to today's episode. This podcast is a conversation with Judith Orloff. I am such a fan of her work and I was trying not to be too much of a fangirl, but it was tricky because I can honestly say her work, her books have been so helpful to me in particular in parenting, but also just in this last, I guess, 12 to 18 month period of my life in processing and learning to cope and making space for my own emotions and also other people's emotions and their energy, which I know it might sound a little woo-woo to say other people's energy, but listen to this episode. I used to think that I had a concept of what what it meant to be an empath, but it wasn't until I read and then listened to Judith's book, The Empath's Survival Guide, that it really, really opened my eyes to how much other people's energy can impact us and also how we can impact other people as well. So in this conversation, we talk about empaths, we speak about introversion, we talk about being highly sensitive people and what it's like to raise a HSP, which stands for highly sensitive person. We talk about boundaries in life and in parenting and so many other things. And definitely listen all the way to the end because it's right at the end of the episode that Judith mentioned something that I just loved. And I know it's going to be one of those things that I carry with me and I'll probably share it time and time again. So I'm excited to share this chat with you. Before I do though, I wanted to take a quick minute to thank today's sponsor of this episode. This podcast is brought to you by Esme. Esme is a Gold Coast based skincare company that I have been using personally and exclusively for years now. Hand on my heart, I swear by their range of products. I've been a fan from day dot and they keep evolving and it's exciting to see what they come out with and how they've grown. I've actually spoken with the founder of Esme here on the podcast in a two-part conversation where she shared her journey from just having an idea to this 
empire that she's created. So if you've not listened to that, you can search for it. It's with Yvette, the owner of Makeup Cartel. But I digress back to Esme. Esme are sponsoring this podcast episode and they have shared a discount code for 10% off full priced items. And that code is KCPOD, all in capitals. So KCPOD for 10% off. Now, if you head to Esme.com and Esme is spelled E-S-M-I.com, you'll also find that they have an amazing chat service where you can speak with a skincare expert and share your own personal concerns and get the right prescription, the right diagnosis for the skincare that could best help you and your own personal concerns. And as we move into warmer months, I am really, really loving the booster masks that they have available. In particular, the hydrating booster mask. It's like giving your skin a nice big drink of water and you can sleep with it on. Your skin absorbs it. It's not the sort of face mask that goes cakey or dry or hardens on your skin. It's soft and it gets absorbed by your skin. And when you wake up the next morning, your skin just feels so buttery, soft. I swear by this mask, it makes a real difference to the texture of your skin. So that is the blue hydration booster mask, but they have a mask for pretty much every skincare concern from the nourishing to helping with cooling your skin. The charcoal mask I love as well. There's a really great variety of booster masks. So head over to esme.com and use that code KCPOD for 10% off their entire range of skincare products. Okay, so before we dive into my conversation with Judith, I wanted to tell you a little bit more about this wonderful woman. So Judith Orloff is a New York Times best-selling author. She's also an MD, she's a psychiatrist, and she's an empath herself. Dr. Orloff specializes in treating highly sensitive, empathetic people in her private practice. She synthesizes the pearls of traditional medicine with cutting-edge knowledge of intuition, energy, and spirituality. Her work has been featured on The Today Show, CNN, in Oprah magazines, and the New York Times. I really, really enjoyed speaking with her, as I've mentioned a couple of times now. So let's get stuck into this chat with Dr. Judith Orloff. Judith, thank you so much for making time to have this chat with me today. I'm really, really excited, and I'm so looking forward to unpacking all that we're going to talk about today. Yes, I am excited too about being on your show and and talking about empaths and parenting and empathic children. Let's get into it. So as I was saying to you before I hit record, I recently read, and I've read it twice now, your book, The Empath's Survival Guide, and I really, really enjoyed it. And it was such, such an unlock for me and it had so many aha moments for myself, but also for people in my life and definitely for my little boys as well. This book is just such a great resource and it is filled with strategies for sensitive people and empaths to thrive. Now, when it comes to the term empath, I had a bit of a general understanding of it, but this book really educated me on what it's like to live as an empath, and it was so helpful. So for our listeners, would you share with us 
What is it that defines an empath? Um, great question. I'm a, a psychiatrist, an MD, and an empath myself, and I practice in Los Angeles. And so what I do is combine traditional medicine with empathic skills, empathic and intuitive skills. And so an empath is somebody who is very, very sensitive and tends to not have the same filters that other people have. So we feel everything. We're like an emotional sponge. We feel everything. And so that's a gift because it, it's a gift of intuition. It's the gift of an open heart. It's a gift of being able to sense energy and other people. But the challenge is how to keep all that alive and not absorb the energy or the emotions of your kids, your family, the people around you, the world. You know, how do you maintain that, that boundary? So that's the, the point that I talk about in the book and, and perhaps we'll talk about it a little bit today for parents. Definitely. Now, I've got a friend who I would say she is a real physical empath. When she watches something that she, you know, just when she's in a situation that she's taking on board that energy, she physically feels it, like it shows up in her body or she has to move her body to move through that emotion. And it's just this visceral reaction that I've never, ever seen before until I met her. So there's definitely the physical side of it but in your book you also speak about the emotional side so could you share with us some of the differences between physical and emotional empaths yes a physical empath is somebody who takes on the the pain or the energy or even the joy of someone into their own body so they feel it so if you have a stomach ache i get a stomach ache or if you have uh, back pain, I start having twinges in my back. So the physical empath can literally pick up what's going on in other people. The problem is they don't know enough usually to ask themselves, what is going on here? Is this me? Is it them? They just kind of figure they have it. And you don't. It's called an empathic illness or disorder. And you, you want to be aware and always ask yourself, is this symptom mine or is it somebody else's? And how do you know? Well, if you know somebody else has a stomach ache and you suddenly get one, bam, you know, you're probably absorbing their stomach ache. So that's something to be aware of um, when you're interacting. If you're a physical empath, as a child, I was a physical empath and I would get all kinds of symptoms nobody can explain. And it's really confusing and frustrating for parents to have children who have, you know, all kinds of symptoms and tiredness and anxiety and depression when you come back from the shopping mall. I mean, why does that happen? So that, that's just, you know, the form of um, a physical empath. But an emotional empath is somebody who is an emotional sponge for other people's emotions, where they literally can be standing next to somebody who's, let's say, angry. And then suddenly they feel angry too. Or you can be standing next to somebody who's filled with joy. Now, let's say a new baby was born and you're sharing the joy with that parent. That joy can just surge through your own system. So emotional empaths pick up the emotions of other people. 
I've definitely experienced that when it comes to being around someone who's angry. If I'm close to someone who is in rage or just has that slow simmering anger beneath the surface, it really, really wipes me out. And that's why reading and also listening to your book was so helpful for me because I was going through it and thinking, yes, that is what happens to me. And it was just like a massive aha moment of going, oh, that's okay. Like, it's okay that that happens, but these are some of the things I need to put into place to make sure that it's not, I guess, ruling my life, taking on other people's energy. Yes. Well, just your awareness of it is great. Um, The problem with not knowing you're an empath is that you don't even ask these kinds of questions. But once you identify as an empath, and there's a 20-question self-assessment test in the beginning of the Empath Survival Guide, so you can take the 20 questions and find out, number one, if you are an empath, and number two, how strong of an empath you are. And that's important to know, as it, it colors everything, all your relationships, all your health issues and how you relate to the suffering in the world i mean it's really important to know this and then you could determine what type of empath you are physical emotional and there are other types um and then what questions you can ask and what triggers you like you said the simmering anger beneath the surface is something you pick up all right so i just it's like an electrical charge like i can't be around it yeah yeah exactly and so you need to know that. And, the, you know, I have a, um, a no yelling rule in my house. So, I mean, yelling is just too toxic for, for my system to take, you know. So even in a covert expression of anger or overt, you know, it's, mm. it's a lot to deal with. So empaths need to know themselves. They need to know what their emotional triggers are you know, so that you can be ready. If you're around that kind of person, you can have a red flag up or you can learn how to set boundaries or you can learn how to at least keep your physical distance as the further you are away from someone, the less you'll absorb from them. And it's a form of self-knowledge. Definitely. And something you just spoke about then having a no yelling rule in your house. I love that. I think having boundaries and even calling the boundaries rules just makes them a little firmer, especially in your own four walls. And I have a similar one. I have a nearly seven, nearly seven year old twin boys and they can be loud. They're normal kids, but I have a, a rule that if they need to ask me something or I need to ask them something, I don't yell at them. You know, if I'm downstairs, I don't holler up the stairs. I walk up and I ask them and it's the same thing that I try and instill in them if they need to ask me something then they come to me and ask it because even the yelling that is you know it's not necessarily aggressive yelling but it just still does something to my nervous system and same with one of my little boys in particular and so we have that rule but we also have a no scaring rule because some people just love to jump out and frighten little kids. And one of my Mm. boys just cannot handle that. And so we kind of have this blanket rule in our house that we don't hide around corners and we don't jump out. And I just think it's really helpful if you know what it does to your children's nervous system to have those rules in place. That is so wise of you uh, because the, um, you can be triggered so quickly and have adrenaline rush through your system in a second if something scares you, like what you said. 
And so the no scare rule is <laughs> is important because you know, empaths, I don't know how you are, but I'm extremely quiet. I'm a very quiet person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, that's just who I am. So I, I'm not an extroverted empath. They're extroverted and introverted empaths. And I'm very, you know, kind of introverted and quiet. I mean, nobody will ever hear me when I lived in a condo. No one would ever hear me walking or talk. You know, I'm just really quiet. Naturally, I just like being quiet. You know, I don't and so, you know, a lot of empaths need to have that quiet time and alone time. You know, even if you're a parent, you need to have that. Mommy's taking some alone time now, and hopefully you have at least somebody to watch them for you know, a little bit, you know, or, or just figure that out so you can shut the door without their little fingers coming underneath. Because I know one of my patients had that. You know, she shut the bathroom door and the little fingers started coming under the, the crack in the door, you know, and it's just, you need your alone time as a mom. You need to sit there for at least a few minutes and breathe, put your hand on your heart and come back to yourself. So you're not totally immersed in your kid's energy. This allows you to have boundaries and boundaries are so important. Healthy rules in the household are very important that set the boundaries because if parents have boundaries, then the kids, when they grow up, will have boundaries. And isn't that wonderful? It's the best gift you can give them to show them that they have a right to prioritize themselves as well. Yes, and to be able to tolerate their discomfort a little bit, as they might scream or they might, you know, have a little bit of a tantrum at first when you set the boundaries, if you're not used to it, but be, tolerate that a little bit. You know, you have to be able to tolerate a little bit of discomfort when you set the boundaries. Yes, just like tolerating a little bit of boredom is great for kids as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, one thing that I noticed when I was reading your book, and I said I've read the actual copy of it, and then I listened to the audio because I just love audio books when I'm out walking and things like that. But I was thinking to myself as I was listening, there are so many strategies that are kind of a crossover with self-care. And, you know, self-care has been a big movement here. Like, you know, people are really, really on that bandwagon of self-care but I think that there would be a cross-section of people Judith who don't realize that the reason they feel so much better when they implement those self-care items like mindfulness or exercise or just being still they don't realize that the reason they feel so much better from doing that is because they are an empath and that's why I found your quiz so helpful because you might just think oh I'm tired and burnt out but if you actually identify like you said the type of empath you are It's just, it gives you intel into how to best operate and show up in the world. Yes, absolutely. Let me read you just a a couple of questions, read everyone a few questions from the quiz to see if you identify. Um, Does Do noise, smells, or nonstop talkers overwhelm me? Do crowds drain me and do I need alone time to revive myself? Do arguments and yelling make me ill? Do I prefer taking my own car places so that I can leave early if I need to? Do I startle easily? Do I absorb other people's stress, emotions, or symptoms? 
And then this is important. Do I replenish myself in nature? Because empaths love nature. And I know both you and I took a long walk on the beach independently before this podcast today. <laughs> in sync. <laughs> in sync, yeah. So if you identify with any of those questions, there are 20 questions. And you can... Uh, take that quiz to determine if you are an empath and then is your child an empath there's a there's a a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com whole chapter in the book on empathic parenting and raising empathic children. I feel so strongly that this is the new wave of, of uh, parenting and, and awareness in children is supporting a child's empathy and intuition instead of squashing it and teaching them how to honor these parts of themselves and how they can set boundaries, how they can um, notice when they're around positive people or, or energy vampires. And some of the questions, is your child an empath? See if you can relate to this. Does your child feel things deeply? Do people, crowds, noise, or stress overstimulate your child? Does your child have strong reactions to sad or frightening scenes in movies or books? Does your child want to escape and hide from family gatherings because there's too much going on? Is your child a good listener and compassionate? Does your child surprise you with intuitive comments about others or yourself? Does your child require a lot of alone time rather than always playing with other kids? So those are a couple questions. Uh, there are many more in the quiz that you can ask yourself about your child. And, and what you don't want to do if you, if you have an empathic child, you don't want to schedule them with back-to-back playdates. You don't want to have an overstimulating environment. You want to give them time for their minds to roam and, and imagination and be with nature and just think and imagine. They love to daydream. So you really want to encourage that. Absolutely. And about a year and a half ago, I watched a documentary about highly sensitive people and also raising highly sensitive children. And everything that you're saying, I'm just sat here nodding along going, yes. And I think it's it's really exciting, Judith, that we are, I think, as a generation of parents now, so much more aware of our little one's emotional wellness and fostering really positive health. Like it's not, it's not as prevalent now that if a child is a little bit more sensitive that parents are saying, oh, mate, get over it, you know, you're fine, on with it and diminishing their emotions. So many parents hold space for their little ones. And I love those suggestions that you shared with us about not overscheduling them allowing them some of their own time, also getting them outside in nature. Do you have any other specific tips for raising a highly sensitive or an empathetic child? Um, Well, one thing that, you know, I'm looking through the book and I found a quote uh, by Marshall Rosenberg who wrote Nonviolent Communication. He's a wonderful Mm -hmm. teacher. Uh, But in any case, the quote is, your presence is the most precious gift you can give to another human being. 
And so who you are as a parent matters to your children, your energy that you give off. If you're heart-centered, you do your best to be heart-centered and loving and empathic and intuitive and, and trust your own gut and your own goosebumps. Now that creates a loving, positive presence for your child. It doesn't mean you're always perfect or you don't make mistakes or you lose it sometimes. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that as a person, you're devoted to your own healing. You're devoted to your own self-care and healing yourself. Your child will benefit from that. And just know that, that that's worth so much. It's worth so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it Often it does just come back to walking the walk. You know, I recently had a a mum reach out to me and say she's really struggling with trying to get her young children to be grateful. And I said to her, you really can't force someone to be grateful, but what you can do is just model it, show them. And they're going to absorb that by osmosis. Absolutely. That's beautiful, beautiful advice. Um, And you can... Teach your child breathing and meditation exercises, too. Um, You could teach them to calm down. That's such an important thing that children learn how to calm themselves down through taking a deep breath, through just being still and putting their hand or their heart. If you meditate with your child and just do that, that's very, very helpful. And then this I feel very strongly about. This is another tip. Don't argue in front of your child or anywhere where they can overhear it. It's it's very traumatic for children to hear lots and lots of arguing in the house. And I remember when I was a child, I was an only child, and I would be in my bedroom playing, and I would hear my parents arguing. And, you know, it's just... It isn't a good thing, and children don't like to hear that. It's scary to them to hear arguing. So take it somewhere else. You know, learn how to communicate with your spouse or or anybody else um, in a more positive way. And also, if you need to argue, go away from the earshot of the child. That's great advice. And what about for parents who themselves do identify as highly sensitive or as an empath? Because when you are raising little ones, it is so draining. It's wonderful, but it is draining and it can be depleting as, as I'm sure most of our listeners know. What are some strategies that parents can put in place to just kind of, you know, replenish themselves so that they can be the type of parent they want to be? Well, I recommend that people start their day with a gratefulness affirmation rather than just get swept up into all the busyness and all of the motion of of the children and the day. To start up, open up your eyes, take a breath, and find something you're grateful for. And whether silently or aloud, begin your day by saying, I am grateful for this day. I am grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my kids and family. Thank you for all my blessings. May I stay calm. May I stay happy. May I stay loving. That's a mantra to start the day with. I love that. And it's so simple. It costs you absolutely nothing to do it. You can do it within 10 seconds. And it does shift the energy. I was recently sharing in another podcast that a habit 
that I have established from reading. Now I can't remember whether it was Atomic Atomic Habits or Tiny Habits, one of the two. But there's a suggestion in there that the moment you put your feet on the floor, the first thing you say is today's going to be a good day and it's called the Maui habit and so my little boys and I have started doing that and it really does shift things even if you wake up and you know your first thought is oh I didn't sleep well or oh I've got to do this today but you swing around you put your feet on the floor and you say out loud today's going to be a good day there is a vibrational shift Yes, that's the way to start the day rather than with, oh, my God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this day and get my kids to all their appointments. And, you know, that that's not the proper way to start the day. Mm-hmm. The, you can set the tone, set the energy for the day in the very, very beginning. I love that. And so many people speak about, you know, mastering their morning routine and they might go on about quite a lengthy morning routine or process, which is great if you've got the time to do it or you're happy to get up, you know, an hour or two hours before your children. But so many people are catching up on sleep and they're not wanting to get up that bit earlier. So that simple gratitude practice that you mentioned, anyone can do that. Yes, yes. And then a a technique I just came upon, you know, out of, I guess, desperation um, that I recommend is saying OM to children, to little children. Because I was in uh, the car with my partner and his grandson, and the grandson would not stop talking or crying, like all the way home. No, like hours of talking, crying, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> the, con- the constant narration from children can be so grating if you are an introvert or an empath. Like I will say that for sure. The constant just narration of, you know, they voc- vocalize every single thought. Oh, yes, it's true, but I, I just out of desperation or instinct, I just started chanting "Om." I went, Om, Om. And he quieted down. And then I I researched it on YouTube. And there's this beautiful video of a father with a little baby chanting Om to to the baby. And and the baby going from very, very active and loud to just looking at him with peaceful eyes and quieting down. So you might want to try chanting Om to your little one. That's a great suggestion. And it's similarly in line with some advice that we often share over at the Kind Parenting Company about soothing your children. When you have a newborn, they've just come out of the womb and it's so loud in the womb. So they're used to a sound. So white noise or a really loud, firm shh can actually really, really calm them down. Oh, that's a great idea. I love that. White noise. Oh, yes. Yes, Mm. definitely. Now, I would love to just touch on quickly with you. How can people cultivate a better intuition? Because in this day and age, so many of us are spending from sunup to sundown being bombarded with technology. You know, we're scrolling on our phones, we're replying to emails, or we're listening to that constant narration from our children. There are so many things coming at us that I think people have kind of lost touch with that inner voice. You know, I've, I've found myself even in conversations where I'll ask for someone's opinion before I've even checked in with myself. I think we're so used to just that outside import and I would love to know from you how can people start to cultivate 
a better intuition for themselves? Well, the first thing to do is to tune into your gut and ask your gut, how do I feel about this person? How do I feel about a situation? Now, how do I feel this morning? How does my body feel? Do I feel tired? Do I feel excited? Do I feel energized? Just so you stay in touch with your gut because your gut gives you signals that you don't want to ignore. So you can train yourself to ask your gut questions about how it's feeling. And so that's one thing. And the second thing is listen for the goosebumps. When you get goosebumps, you can get positive goosebumps like, yes, this is on. I want to go in this direction or negative goosebumps saying, oh, no, that doesn't feel right. I don't want to do that or that feels uncomfortable or beware. So begin to listen to that um, and then get in the habit of asking yourself questions um, in, in a quiet state. If you could manage to get three to five minutes, close the door and just take a few deep breaths and you could inwardly ask a question. I do this when I'm not sure about things. And so I ask myself, you know, how do I proceed in this relationship? And I take a few breaths and I just wait and I listen for any images, impressions, ahas, anything that comes through. And I might get something like, wait, don't say anything right now. You know, or you know, just ask them how they're doing. I'll just get little snippets of things. And go, okay, thank you. You know, inwardly say thank you after tuning in and then apply it. That's super helpful. And I know you also have an online course as well about awakening your intuitive powers. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yes, it's a seven-week course, and it's a video course, and you, it's on demand, so you can watch it anytime. And it, it's how to awaken your intuitive healing powers, how to listen to intuition, how to read people, what gets in the way of reading people, techniques of going inward and tuning in. So all of that, you know, I guide you through. And I also share my own intuitive process um, and reveal how I tune in with patients and you know, just the process of it. So you get really at home with it because it's important to feel comfortable with intuition and also teach your little ones that. And you could go on my website, which is dr. Judith Orloff, O-R-L-O-F-F dot com. And the course is located on the homepage. You could find out more about it. Brilliant. I'll make sure we have that in the show notes. And when people are awakening their intuitive powers and becoming more aware, what are some of the side effects of that? What sort of things can they expect? <laughs> they start feeling more confident, more powerful. Uh, more able to meet your own needs and meet the needs of others. You get insights into things that are gut-centered rather than flailing around trying to make decisions. So being an intuitively driven person is a whole different thing than being confused and just trying to make sense of the world with your mind. I love that. That's brilliant. Well, I'll definitely make sure we have that information in the show notes. And then I just had one other question question I would love to touch on how how do you explain that connection that you have when you meet someone and if you're an empath um, you know it's really really strong but you meet someone and then you find yourself syncing up with them even when you're not in their presence like how do you explain that 
Uh, well, you have a connection with someone. You want to make sure it's a positive one because you can have that with a not so healthy connection as well. Because empaths have this toxic attraction to narcissists, people who um, are very self-absorbed and have empathy deficient disorder, but can reel you in in the beginning. So you're always thinking about them. You're on fire thinking about them, but it's not a healthy thing because they eventually won't be able to reciprocate your feelings. So that I go more into in the course that is essential and the book. I mean, that's very essential to determine who's a narcissist and not go in that direction or else set limits with them. But if you have a positive connection, like a deja vu, you can meet somebody and it's like, oh my God, I'm friends with this person already, but I don't even know them in this life. And so you just feel like you know them and you have this soul connection with them. And so you think about them and it's a very positive thing. Now, I've had that throughout my life with a number of people, you know, a handful of people. And those people have always turned out to be longtime friends or relationships. It's so special. And do you also believe in signs from the universe? I kind of swing back and forth with, you know, I definitely do, but I also think the meaning's what you make it. You know, you, you look for things and you can make the meaning out of it um, to suit. How do you approach that? Like when it comes to just noticing things throughout your day, do you believe that the universe puts things in your path to guide you? Oh, my goodness, yes. My whole life is, is um, led that way. And, and my intuition leads my life. And my empathy leads my life. And the force of spirit is everywhere, the cosmic wink. You know, where, you know, the these cosmic funny... wink. Oh, I love that. The cosmic <laughs> wink. I'm going to steal that. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you want to laugh. You want to be aware of all these sparkling moments, these little... Now, God shots that happen in life. Yes, they're all over the place. So you want to be, you don't want to be overly serious and miss them. You want to go, wow, that is incredible. And you want to be really excited by them. Definitely. One of my girlfriends and I, we always say we're on the path, you know, we'll notice something and be like, oh, on the path. And that feeling of deja vu is a big one for me. When I have that, I'm like, yep, I'm exactly where I'm meant to be right now. Exactly. Or if you have a synchronicity where you're thinking of somebody and suddenly you run into them, you know, something like that. Or, you know, you're wanting to get a job and you're somewhere and you overhear people talking about this this kind of job that you want. So you ask them about it. Now, those kind of synchronicities where paths cross and you don't want to explain yourself out of it. You don't want to talk yourself out of it. You want to, you know, take advantage of those moments when spirit just offers you these special little opportunities. <laughs> you I love take- that. Yeah. I think, I think that's my most favorite thing that I've heard you say, the cosmic wink. I am definitely uh-huh. going to be using that one. Thank you so much for sharing it. Now I am aware. I have a book of self-care techniques called thriving as an empath. And one of them is called the cosmic wink and how to look for it. So it's a fun self-care technique and it's a fun way to keep magic in your life. Oh, brilliant. I can't wait to teach my boys about the cosmic wink when they get home from school this afternoon. (laughs) I love that. Well, Judith, it has been an absolute pleasure. 
to speak with you. I've been so looking forward to it. And I will make sure that we have all of the information for your books and also your online course um, in the show notes so that our community can head over and check you out. But I just wanted to say thank you so much for the work that you're doing. It has made a very big positive impact on my life. Oh, thank you so much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 